Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. You know, I am so happy that the next guest has joined us once again, William DeTemple. Um, he's, uh, uh, he, he just opens up your eyes to all the possibilities. As a matter of fact, just yesterday I was talking to a business owner who was talking about a business and where they hope to go with it. And I just said, you have to listen to my interviews with William DeTemple uh, because why are you settling on a $10 million business when you should be thinking towards a $100 million business and beyond? And he, he just describes it so well. So we're going to talk about building a $100 million company, which is the name of his company name. And they provide business coaching and training by sharing over 40 years of experience, knowledge, and wisdom to help young companies achieve the success they deserve. William, thanks so much for joining us again. Great to have you back on. Bill, it's always a pleasure. How are you today? How are things going in West Palm Beach, Florida? It's going great. Loving it, you know, enjoying life, having a great time, and uh, helping lots of clients. So that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Tell us a little bit, uh, just a brief description, because, of course, our listeners, you can go to our audio library and listen to past episodes by putting in William's name. But tell us a little bit about, again, uh, your story, how you started Build a $100 million company and, and what you what you do to help folks. Well, in my career, Bill, I built four rapid growth companies, and I've built companies beyond $100 million. And uh, I moved, I, most of my career was in Southern California. And I moved from Southern California to Florida for family reasons. And I went into culture shock because it was so different out here. And um, what happened was I decided to reinvent myself. And I started working with a lot of small businesses. And it's amazing. Uh, it blew me away when I did some research here in Florida that over 90% of the businesses here have 10 or fewer employees. And that's just, you know, in my world, that's unheard of. That's, that's like super small businesses. And so I decided to start helping and coaching these business owners on how to grow their business. And that's where we kind of, how we evolved into build a hundred million dollar company because they just, they didn't see how they could take a, a $1 million, $5 million, $10 million company and grow it to $100 million. And I wanted to open up their eyes and show them how simple it really is to do if you know what you're doing. And one of the things we talked about last time was it's, it's based on fear. It's based on the chicken or the egg kind of theory that first I have to have the cash before I can hire the people. And, and you said, oh, you're wrong there. So it, we, we covered some great ground. So let's talk about what are some of the biggest mistakes business owners make in their trying to grow their company? A, a lot of the biggest mistakes they make is in the people they hire and not knowing how to hire properly. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest, one biggest mistake they make because it's it's the managers and the executives that you bring into your company are what's going to make you or break you because you you are only one person 
and it's your team and creating a strong team is what's essential to growing your company. Your team that's essential to growing your company. Now, I hope everybody's listening to that. So when people are are making those mistakes and not hiring properly, why are they not hiring properly and what can they do to fix that? Well, typically the reason that they're not hiring properly is because they don't know any better. And and it's one of the things that we teach them is, is how to uh, develop this. Because, you know, the research that we've done, we found that, um, believe it or not, the average employee is only engaged 30% of the time when they're at work. So you're you're paying them for a 40-hour work week, and you're getting 12 hours worth of work out of them. Oof. And that's not, you know, if you know how to hire properly and hire the right managers and do the things that are necessary, you can avoid that type of problem. So they're only 30% effective. And is that a character flaw or a management flaw or both? That's a, manage, that's a management flaw. It turns out that the research we've done shows that 70% of that is caused by management. And if, you, if you've got the good managers in there and they're engaging the employees and, and motivating the employees, you can get a lot more productivity out of the employees. But if, if you don't know how to hire the right type of managers, if you don't know what to look for and what to do, you're going to end up with uh, a weak team and, you know, I mean, I'm not a big sports person um, just because I, I, I love reading and doing other things more so. But it's you, you see these teams that are down at the bottom of the ranking, and you wonder why. Well, it's because it's not a strong team. You see the teams that are at the top of the rankings, they're there because they've got a strong team. And that's the same thing with your business. If your business is floundering, it means that your team is weak and you need to do something about changing your team or building your team up. It's all about working on the people's strengths, not about, you know, just paying people more money or that. That, that doesn't do it. Right, right. And is, is part of that, like you say, in the management, I mean, a good coach can make a, a, a moderate team excellent, with the right type of management of that talent, right? Right. But and a poor starts, manager... It starts uh, with the owner, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Does the owner has to sh- lead by example? Is that what you're getting at there? Absolutely. The owner has... Quite often, the owner has to be taught good management skills so that they can understand when one of their managers is not doing things properly. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And, and, you know, especially I'm thinking, especially um, situations like family businesses where management is, or leadership is handed down. That doesn't mean that that individual understood from the, you know, I've sat in Vistage meetings where uh, children, uh, not children, they're adults, but they're the, they're the children of the owners have said, my dad made me the CEO. I, can you guys tell me what a CEO does? There's a there's a prime example, right? You're you're correct. You know, and I want to share this with you because you just made me think of something. 
But one of the clients that I work with um, actually got won some of the awards at um, Ernest and Young's Entrepreneur of the Year last year. And prior to going to the awards, I was talking to this person, and I was, they were a fairly new client for me at that time. And um, they didn't even know what a C-suite stood for. They 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 didn't understand anything about it, but they were running a company that was approaching $30 million in revenue. Wow. Wow. Yeah, uh, they didn't understand what the C-suite stands for, period, huh? So they, they haven't yep. had the – I mean, they've never stepped into a business uh, course of any kind. So what's a remedy for that? How do managers get that training, or what's a good step for owners to get that training? Well, in my opinion, a good step for that is is getting a good business coach, Um you know, and I talk to people about this all the time. You know, uh, Eric Schmidt, who's the chairman of Google uh, and was the CEO of Google, writes in his latest book, he talks about the fact that, you know, before Google, he was the CEO of some microsystems, and before that, he was the CEO of Netscape. And he still needs a business coach to run his business. And I forget ex- his exact quote, but it's something about along the lines you know, about, um, you know, your best athletes need a good coach and you as a business owner don't. And it's a question. I mean, it's like, why do you think you've got all the wisdom and knowledge in the world when these guys that, that are great athletes need coaches to help them get better? Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're experts in their field. They've been practicing all their life, but they need somebody to come along and and watch them and and watch their technique, look for their blind spots and help them say, you know, there's uh I just heard a great analogy. Um uh, it's the difference between playing the chess game and watching the chess game. Hey, that's a great analogy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so when you're yep. watching the chess game, you can see a lot, a lot more about the the strategies from both sides. But when you're playing it, you're focused on you're in you're in the forest. So uh, right. So so engagement. Now let's talk about engagement. Why is engagement so important for a company to grow? And and what do we mean? What do you mean by engagement? Well, that's a level of productivity that you're getting out of the employees that that you're paying to do the work. And if they're not engaged, then their productivity is down. And if their productivity is down, then your profits are down. It's, you know, it's a correlation that's a very straight-line correlation. So, and and the thing is, if you've got poor managers in one department, it's going to turn around and affect other departments. And that's why it's very important that the the owner of the company be the first person to get the training, the coaching, the stuff they need, and then helping to teach and train the rest of their management team. Because, again, that's what's going to strengthen things, and then you'll get all of your employees will start looking up and and being a lot more productive and a lot more involved in the business, and they're going to get take a lot more pride in what they're creating and doing. So uh, if a company, if a manager says, okay, I, or an owner says, okay, I see now that I see that, and I, I'm I'm stunned by that figure, 30% productivity, 
but I, I kind of see it. Now, what do I do about it? Where do I start to, uh, what are some baby steps I can take to start moving towards better engagement? Well, one of the, one of the baby steps you take is start tracking things. And, you know, it, it's setting up the metrics and figuring out, okay, let's track all the different departments, let's track all the different people and see what they're doing. How much productivity are we getting? And you'll find that there's going to be some employees are going to be producing a lot more. And you're going to, then you can start questioning, okay, why is, you know, Joe able to do produce 10 units a day, whereas Frank's only doing six units a day? It, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. And you can start taking a look and, and monitoring what Frank is doing to see why he's not producing the same level as Joe or, you know, whatever the case may be. So tracking and, and, and following everything is extremely important. Track, monitor, analyze, and question, I guess. You really always be be looking and seeing what's going on in your business, but first you have to track it. Now, one of the things that you talk about is uh, is how to um, raise capital so that you can afford and, and bolt on the management that will help build your business quickly so that you can get to some of these high levels. Um, has is anything changed in the environment today? Is it is it easier to get capital than it has been in the past? What's your experience? Yes, it's absolutely easier right now to get capital than it has been at any time in the last thirty or forty years. Um, I was actually just just uh, doing some research on that, and right now there is more capital available than what we've had available in over forty years to invest in companies. And they are looking to invest. They're they're searching for great companies to invest into. Um, And and there's actually more organizations around today than what there used to be. Um, I personally sit on the board of directors of the Angel Pool organization where we syndicate deals between over 200 angel networks. And it gives us the ability that even if you're in a small area, you know, we can raise capital for you from the 200 angel networks throughout the country. So it doesn't matter where you're located or what you're doing. There are ways to raise capital for your business. Great point. And we've also just heard from our last guest that the uh, the, the May figures indicated that it was the largest first quarter for M&A activity in 15 years. So, there's certainly a lot of a lot going on, a lot of uh, pent up demand. But you know what, what you want to talk to William about is is getting capital to build your company so that you take the blinders off of and the limits off of where you think you can grow to, and really understand what it takes to be a much larger company. Don't limit yourself. And so uh, he has a website set up at raisecapitalquickly.co forward slash exit coach. And what do they get if they go there? What will they find there, William? They can get a free copy of my book called Raise Capital Quickly. Heck of a and, deal. Uh, and it's, is it, is and it a, by the way, we, we talk about over 12 different forms of capital in that book. So there's a lot of knowledge in that book. 
And again, uh, if you want to listen more, go to our audio uh, archives and you'll find uh, past interviews with William. Fascinating stuff. It's always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. I'm glad you uh, came back to join us again today. And again, you're you're more than welcome anytime. Uh, now, your website is also a build a number 100, 100, million dollar company dot com says what it is. That's exactly what it is. Build a $100 million company.com. I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, to check out these materials. Go get the book uh, at uh, raisecapitalquickly.co forward slash exit coach and open up your eyes to what's available out there from my good friend William DeTemple. William, thanks so much for joining us again today. I look forward to the next time. You're very welcome, and I look forward to it as well. All right, take care. We'll talk to you later. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after this quick message, so stay with us. Hi, everybody. This is Spike Reel with The Exit Coach. Business owners, can you name the eight key value drivers that you and your managers should be focusing on to increase the value of your business? Introducing the Sellability Score Index. Visit our website and answer 25 questions about your business, and you will instantly receive your Sellability Score, showing you how well you stack up in the eight value driver areas. It's a great management tool. It's absolutely free for our listeners. Just visit ExitCoachRadio.com and click Get My Sellability Score. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 